fellow explorers. Welcome to Siren Soapbox. We are on a mission to explore, and this week we're exploring our local cryptids. Cryptids that are local to each one of us. So a cryptid is an animal that is claimed to exist, but it's not really proven to exist. Each one of us did some research about the cryptids that seem to lurk in our areas of the globe, and we're here to tell you all about them. So tonight our soapboxes will be a little different because we're going to each talk about the cryptid in our area, and then we're going to have a little chitty chat about it, and then we'll move on to the next siren and the next cryptid. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you. We're going to get started. What was that? I said, I like it. I like it too. Let's do it. So Sarah, let's hear about your cryptid. Well, I don't even know where to begin. Having recently attended a cryptid festival, I was definitely aware that there are a crazy huge number of cryptids in the world. We were told by some of the experts we met at the festival that each state has their own. So I thought, sure, I'll look up some cool facts about the cryptid of Kentucky. Well, after a couple of minutes on the internet, it became pretty clear that Kentucky is pretty much cryptid central. The first article I, article I found was written by Andrew Henderson at, from the uh, Lexington Herald. And he reports that there are at least 13 cryptids around me. He gathered his information from a book that was written by Ron Coffey called Kentucky Cryptids, Monsters of the Bluegrass State. Ron Coffey has apparently written several books on cryptozoology and he's the co-founder of the Gateway Paranormal Society, which is based in Mount Sterling, which is literally right down the street from me, sort of. Now, not that the Paranormal Society itself is creepy, but the whole topic is pretty damn creepy. But anyway, I did a little extra research on a few of the Kentucky cryptids, and this is what I found. Let's start with the Pope Lick monster. <laughs> put, a, put a pin in the Pope Lick. We'll discuss more about that later. But anyway, the Pope Lick monster. This part man, part goat, is sometimes just referred to as the goat man. He apparently lives under a railroad bridge that runs over Pope Lick Creek in the Louisville area. This guy is said to lure people onto the bridge by using hypnosis or voice mimicry so that they get hit by a train and are killed. Or they see him and are so freaked out that they just jump off the bridge. Oh my God, that is what? freaking terrifying. <laughs> or maybe he attacks with a blood-soaked axe. So, not one of the friendlies, I guess. Legends say that he is a human-goat hybrid and was a circus freak that vowed revenge after being mistreated. Hmm. Or maybe he is actually the twisted reincarnation form of a farmer who sacrificed goats in exchange for satanic powers. That feels like karma to me, Ben. Yeah. Well, good news is the rail bridge is still used, so I'm ready for a train ride. This cryptid is so famous that there's actually a 1988 movie based on him. Well, it was a 16-minute movie, but a movie nonetheless. The owners of the railroad weren't too happy about it, and despite warnings issued by Norfolk Southern, several people have died since while supposedly searching for the Pope Lake monster. So moving on from that guy, there's Bearilla. Not as much readily available dirt on this guy, but according to Ron Coffey, Bearilla actually looks like a cross between not a bear and a gorilla, but a bear and a wolf. He was first seen in 1972 on Nicholas County Road in Carlisle, Kentucky. Hang on, hang on. I thought for sure you were going to say a cross between a bear and Godzilla. 
Ah, yeah. <laughs> Opportunities missed. Opportunity. I mean, the name does not make sense. <laughs> well, apparently the first guy that ever saw him maybe mentioned gorilla, but they decided that it was a cross between a bear and a wolf. Hmm. All right. Last sight, yeah, the last sighting of this guy was in 1989 in Bath County in Kentucky, but there's not much else really on this one, which is not the case for the next encounter. That I read about. Now, technically, the Kelly Greenman case of Hopkinsville, Kentucky, may not actually be a cryptid encounter, but more of an extraterrestrial counter encounter. But there was sure a lot of talk about it back in 1955. As the story goes, five adults and seven kids living between the Kelly and Hopkinsville communities came to the police station claiming to have been attacked at their home by little alien creatures. This attack lasted several hours. The family held the creatures off with gunfire, but when authorities investigated, they found nothing except for the bullet holes in the home. Wait, the question. Yes. Did the kids happen to not have their homework done the next day? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> did not mention that. Uh, it did, however, mention that alcohol may have played a factor. You know how they always talk about it with car accidents that alcohol yeah. did not play. Alcohol may have played a factor in this one. So <laughs> quick side note. Because Tracy's um, question made me think of this. Apparently, a, one of at least one set of witch trials in Salem, like these witches were on trial because a couple of like teenage girls were bratty and pretended that these women were hexing them. And it went on for Isn't that months. what the entire crucible is about? The Maybe. crucible, the book? I don't, I don't know. That, I didn't read that book, Jess. <laughs> You didn't have to. I had to. No. I never read that either. All right. Continue. Sorry. Uh, so uh, these little green men, the family described these creatures as about two to four feet in height with large pointy ears, yellow glowing eyes and claw-like hands and spindly legs. Now, even though it's just this sighting that was reported and ufologists, which is a thing apparently, claim that the creatures were probably green orange howls. How boring. These little guys have become pretty popular. There's even a Pokemon modeled after them called Sableye. <laughs> For those of those who know Pokemon, maybe Jess knows Pokemon. Um, there was a musical. It came from Kentucky. And yes, there is a little Green Men Days Festival in the Kelly community. Anyone up for a road trip? That's it. We're going on a train ride. Yes. And we've got a road trip to another festival. Yes. Sarah, I don't know about that train ride. I am down for all of this. Anybody want to hear about the Lake Harrington monster? Yes. This guy was sighted in the Harrington Lake back in the 1920s. This one was also known as the eel pig. Now, wouldn't it be funny if this was a cross between like a dog and a cat or something? <laughs> Apparently, it looks like an eel with a pig head. And huh. it's about 12 to 15 feet long and swims very fast. It was seen multiple times, but never really identified. Now, a theory about this guy is that it was actually an alligator gar, which is a pretty nasty looking fish, or maybe it was a prehistoric animal that lived in underground limestone caves that became flooded when they created the lake. But the people that talk about seeing him, they're convinced, and he, the guy saw him multiple times. See, that, that kind of stuff freaks me out. This is why I don't want to be a cave diver. That is one of the reasons. <laughs> Uh, there's another interesting one about the beast of the land between the lakes. Uh, this is an area in western Kentucky between the Kentucky Lake and Lake Barkley. 
This cryptid is half man, half wolf, walks upright, has human hands with gigantic claws. And there's a lot of history behind this one. Or is this a cryptid or a man who moved to the area back in the 1800s who had a genetic disease that turned him crazy at night? And then he passed this disease on to his kids until they all died out. Did they all die out or are they all still living and lurking in the woods? Well, Mm -hmm. they went and looked at the... uh, searched the homestead back in the uh, early 1900s and it was found abandoned. So they were thinking maybe he died out. Hmm. Um, But whatever it is, it apparently still does show its face. In 1973, a group of Murray State students were camping in this area between the lakes and they reported a large creature approaching their campsite, campsite, wild howls. And then as they drove away in a panic, they said they were pursued by this creature. It even grabbed their VW bus. Mm. There were apparently four deep gashes on the bus like claw marks. And then in the 1980s, a family was found horribly mutilated in their mobile home and they all had massive claw marks. There's also a documentary about another woman's experience with that scary guy. Yeah, so they were all those cryptids sound like kind of fun and like uh, just like a little, um, like mischievous right up until the last guy who was like <laughs> murdering entire families. Oh, uh, what about the goat guy that's trying to lure people oh, that's on true. the bridge to get I forgot train? about him. That was so long ago. I forgot. <laughs> oh, the Pope Lick Creek. Yes. Yeah. The goat man. Goat man. Yeah. Um, well, or a dirty, um, bloody axe, because he can't even be bothered to clean off his axe in between his kills. You got to leave it on there to build up all that, all that lovely DNA. Um, mm. Well, I there were several more, but I'll probably stop there. Or I'm going to take up the entire hour, and I haven't even mentioned Bigfoot or Mothman, and both of them have been sighted in Kentucky. So supposedly, the Mothman. Uh, spent some time in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, but crossed over the Ohio River into Gallipolis, Ohio for a bit too. They're all yeah, I, I actually see right there. Two two sightings that were like in like in the I don't know where it was, Louisville. They had just passed into the Welcome to Kentucky. He, he was driving from Washington down to Louisville and he had just crossed the Welcome to Kentucky sign. Hmm. And they saw the Mothman apparently. There were two two pretty interesting uh, sightings. Hmm. Yeah. Welcome to Kentucky. I am the Mothman. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a hell of a welcome. And Bigfoot just pulls out all the stops for their welcomings. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you know, Mothman likes bridges, right? Yeah, that's true. No, I don't know. No doubt that Mothman loves bridges. Oh, well, I guess maybe just Mary and I know that. Yeah. (laughs) It's just us for now, but we'll, don't worry, we'll get to it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering if there was like a purpose behind any of your cryptids, because my cryptid has a very obvious and stated purpose. Um, well, I don't know. That first guy, his purpose seemed to be to lure people onto the bridge <laughs> or being yeah. a, a much cooler purpose than just killing people. His purpose is population control. (laughs) Right. I mean, I wonder if somebody lived on the other side of the bridge and got sick of all the bridge traffic and made up that story. That's what I'm talking about. Gotcha. I'm assuming that these aren't real. 
maybe I shouldn't make that assumption because no, why is your mind so closed up? Real, but yeah, Godzilla is real. Why is your mind so closed up? You said Israel. <laughs> Godzilla is not oh, fiction. <laughs> So, Tracy, why don't you tell us about your uh, St. Croix cryptid? All right. So the cryptid that I researched is a cryptid from the Virgin Islands, and she's slightly different depending on which island you're on. So I found the most resources about her from St. Thomas. And St. Thomas, she's the cowfoot woman. Cow? Like moo cow? Cow. Moo cow foot woman. Okay. On St. Croix, she's the goat foot woman. But it's the same woman. Um, legend has it that she worked at a meat packing plant long ago and had her legs cut off and they were replaced with cow legs because it was a meat packing plant. Can you just think about that for a minute? That is a fucking horror story. I know. On St. Croix, she's the goatfoot woman. And um, yeah, her purpose, well, I'll get to her purpose in a minute. Apparently, there are lots of stories about the cowfoot woman and the goatfoot woman lurking in the bush on either island. And that naughty children who are where they're not supposed to be or are wandering in the woods are snatched up by the goat foot woman and cow foot woman and stolen, never to be heard from again. So this is like a more intense uh, version of Santa Claus who just wants you to behave so you get presents. You can stop him. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, before I moved to the island, I used to read books set on the island because I wanted to feel like I was here. I wanted to feel close to it. And I was reading this series of books, and one of them is called Adrift on St. John. And in that book, that's the first time that I read about the Goatfoot Woman was in that fiction book. And that's how I became aware that this was a cryptid. I didn't know the word at the time on in the Virgin Islands. And her purpose really is to scare children into behaving. Huh. That's and pretty, not go uh... wandering off in the woods. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty bleak. Mm -hmm. So I found this book that a local author wrote, and it is um, it includes a lot of artwork from a, a local artist, and it's the legend of Cowfoot Woman and the Soldier Crab. And this, in this book, this little girl and this little boy are walking um, to, to school and home every day, and it's about a mile. And at the time, kids did walk pretty far back and forth to school in fact they still kind of do here and um the girl would stop and pick flowers all along the way and her brother kept getting annoyed because he just wanted to get home it was close to a mile and um eventually one day in the story the mom baked them some tarts pineapple guava and coconut tarts yum which is a uh. it's a big delicious treat here on the island for sure. I, I um, So the next time I come, I want one because that sounds delicious. Yeah. Guava are the best, I think, but every most people have their preference. And the boy was in a hurry to get home because he wanted to eat the tarts. But the little girl kept stopping to pick the flowers. And the message, so 
the boy leaves her when she wanders off to pick flowers and the cowfoot woman comes and gets her and the cowfoot woman tells her that if she guesses her name she'll show her how to get home and that every single day she gets three guesses at her name and if she ever gets it correct then the lady will take show her the way home so for days and days and days and weeks this little girl is with the cowfoot woman and she doesn't know how to get home she's deep in the woods and she guesses her name wrong every single day and one day the little girl is out getting water for the cowfoot woman and she meets a soldier crab and the soldier crab sees her crying and asks her what's wrong and the little girl tells him and the soldier crab tells her the cowfoot woman's name uh -huh. is um the last princess of the taino the taino are a, a group of people who used to live in the virgin islands and they're um like i don't know they lived here a long time ago and when columbus discovered the virgin islands they were pretty much wiped out so the story goes i wasn't here at the time right so clear. you can't confirm <laughs> nor deny that any of that happened that's right and so the her the crab the soldier crab explains that the um the taino princess is very protective of the flowers and that she and the animals of the forest don't understand why people kill them just to experience their beauty inside their house for a short amount of time when if they just left them in place they would continue living and that they felt that way about animals and flowers and that's why the taino princess aka cowfoot woman was so upset and kidnapped her and basically enslaved her and um so he told her her name and the girl went back and she guessed the name and then the cowfoot woman was determined to find who told her name and she eventually found the crab and that is why and she was swinging at the crab while he's trying to get into his crab hole and that is why crabs wear shells and that's huh. why soldier crabs have long eyes so they can peer out of their hole to look for the cowfoot woman so that she doesn't find them. So long eyes like Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob SquarePants. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. Just to I feel like that was, that was a cross between like Rumpelstiltskin and uh, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. All with a with a nature lesson. Don't pick the flowers. Yeah. And a tropical twist. Yes. I'm still kind of having trouble getting past the fact that they couldn't have just put a couple of peg legs on her. <laughs> Sarah's still back on why did they have to give her goat legs? They could have just given her wood. Well, it was a meat packing plant and they don't eat the legs of cows. So there were lots of cow legs sitting around. <laughs> on they go. Yeah, I mean, which is sounds... like Ganesh, the elephant head of God. That's why he has a elephant head. Yeah, that's true. Cut his head off. His father, um, Shiva was his father, came home from a hunting trip and Ganesh was guarding his mother and wouldn't let Shiva in and Shiva cut his head off. And then when he went in to see Parvati, she was beside herself because she said, you just killed our child. And so he said, I'll fix it. I'll get the first head I find. And he went out and the first animal he saw was an elephant and he cut its head off and put it on top of the child. And 
breathed life back into him. And really, the purpose of that story is that that's when really Ganesh became Shiva's child because Parvati had created him without Shiva when he was on a hunting trip. So anytime a group of people take something and make it theirs, I just refer to it as the elephant head. Got because it. it's, yeah, he, he took that thing that was created without him and had a part in its creation. It's important for groups to do that kind of thing. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. It is. Hmm. Yeah. So is the goat woman, the goat cow foot woman, is she said to live on each of those islands? Or do these, like, can she swim between the islands and she just, like, travels in between them? really know the answer to that it's it's on saint thomas they refer to the cowfoot woman on saint croix they refer to the goatfoot woman nobody i i've never heard an explanation of her going from island to island and getting new legs on the way or any such thing it's just like it's a difference in the story M maybe it's two women but it's the same it's the same story does that make the story more or less real to you, do you think? Um, well, I think that if you saw a woman with hooved feet, you would probably say, oh, that woman has blank feet. You wouldn't know necessarily if it was a goat or a cow. I wouldn't. If I saw somebody with cloved feet, I'd be like, or hooved feet, whatever they are. I'd be like, oh, look, it's the horse-footed woman. So probably neither. But so while I was doing some research, I also found this group that made a movie about the goat-footed woman. And all I could find was the trailer. I couldn't find the movie. But the trailer was pretty freaking scary. So it was these people in this abandoned house, and they were taking selfies. And in one of the selfies, there's three of them. There's like a fourth woman behind them. Oh, creepy. And then somebody somebody sees the selfie and they light a match to make it darker and they're looking around and she blows the match out and then oh, screams. And creepy. It's pretty it's pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah, I think that I want to see that movie, but it sounds creepy as hell. I don't know if the movie exists, but the trailer exists. I'll send it to you. All right. Mer, what did you read about? So I I originally thought that I was going to do just cover Bigfoot, um, but Ohio is full of cryptids, just like Kentucky, it turns out. And Bigfoot, of course, is one of them. He's also known as Grassman and the Cedar Bog Monster is another cryptid that sort of like um, resembles Bigfoot. We talked about Mothman, said to cross over right up the road for me in old Loveland, Ohio is the Frogman. Um, there, there are these creatures called melon heads. There was apparently a movie made about these guys too. They're humanoid creatures who, according to legend may have escaped from the lab of a mad scientist. <laughs> they have like big giant melon shaped heads. Um, then there are lake monsters like Lake Erie, Bessie and the Charles mill monsters. And then. There's all there's orange eyes. This is like a huge Sasquatch like 
creature with a gigantic glowing orange eyes. Um, there's a 12 to 14 foot long lizard, the Crosswick monster. But I'm not going to talk about any of those today. <laughs> today, I'm going to talk about the dog man. Now, dog man, if you, when you start searching for him, he was, he's no, he's pretty much found all over the Midwest area, but he is pretty well known in Michigan, but he was also spotted in Defiance, Ohio on July 25th, 1972. And he was spotted by a rail railroad worker. A lot of weird cryptids on the railroads, huh, Sarah? This guy's name is <laughs> Ted Davis. So Ted was working the graveyard shift with somebody else. And at one point he had like looked over, he was, I don't know if he was like checking the brakes on the rail cars or something like that. And he looks over and sees this huge seven foot tall creature wielding a piece of lumber. And he hit this guy. What was that? Did you guys hear anything? Yeah, I heard it. Was it my dogs wrestling in the background or is it dog man? Oh, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe they heard Murr talking about dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's getting them riled up. So we, Mr. Davis, he uh, looked up and saw this huge seven foot tall creature wielding a piece of lumber and he hit him. He hit him with it. And then he sort of like ran off into the woods. So, which is odd. Like, why didn't he just tear him apart? But whatever, that's what happened. Then about a week later, he saw him again near the railroad tracks. But again, he sort of ran off. And on that same night, there was a local grocer that spotted the creature. And actually, he said that he was attacked by him as well. He, and he said that he was carrying a piece of lumber. Um, a motorist reported seeing the creature. These were all reported to the Defiance Police Department. They, at first, they thought it was a like a prank, but they started to take it seriously because there were so many reports of it. So all the witnesses sort of described the creature the same way. They described him as werewolf-like. They say he was about seven feet tall, very hairy. I keep saying he, I don't know. He uh, had a human-like face, except for like a long snouted nose. Um, the creature had very hairy feet and fangs and uh, that Mr. Davis from the railroad, he said that the, that the thing kind of moved side to side, like you might picture a caveman moving. So it wasn't like necessarily human-like in the way it moved. He also said that the thing was clad in a pair of blue jeans. <laughs> had to be some big blue jeans. I know. So the... They all say also, well, all of this happened um, on or around the near the full moon that week, which of course added to the lore of the creature. Um, mm -hmm. It is often referred to, in fact, as the werewolf of defiance. So they did like put out a pretty extensive search for him, but nothing was ever found. So there have been many sightings over the years, some of them as recently as this year. So I found a Google map where people have like placed their little pin and told their story about their dog man sightings. And I was wondering if you guys wanted me to read some to you. Yes. Yeah. All right. I have a few picked out. 
This one comes from Germantown, Ohio. Um, I did read through these, but I did not. I didn't do a whole lot of like editing, so just bear with me. Myself, along with four other guys, decided to park on Anthony Road and walk out to the middle of a field to drink some beer. We lived in a small town and not much to do. Keep in mind, however, that we hadn't yet started drinking. And even if we had, I don't think it would have caused a group hallucination. (laughs) (laughs) The night we had our encounter was a very bright night. A full moon or near full moon shone down on some pretty thick fog that was about shin high. So visibility was quite high. We drove up and down the road one time just to make sure no cops were parked on the road anywhere. Then we spotted the field we wanted to go into. It was a, it was really cool looking through the fog, laying heavy on the ground and the moon bouncing off of it, giving it a really cool glow effect. We parked the cars, two cars, began to venture into the field at the area tractors would enter. We walked about maybe 20 or 30 yards in and stopped to listen for cars coming and also just to listen to the woods to make sure no one else was around. One of us noticed something large and dark along the wood line to our right, about 150 yards out into the field. We all stopped talking and watched it for a few minutes, trying to determine what it was, a tree stump, large rock, bush, etc. After a few minutes, we decided it was a big bush and stopped paying attention to it and walked further into the field. After going into the field a little more, one of us noticed the object wasn't there where we had seen it before. We began to scan the area to see where it went, and then we noticed something running from right to left across the field in front of us. It looked to be about three feet above the fog line, if not four feet, so that would make it bigger than any dog. The mechanics of it, of how it ran, reminded me of a cheetah or a greyhound dog, reaching out with long forelimbs to grab the ground and then hurling its hind haunches under itself to spring forward yet again. Its silhouette looked like a wild boar or hyena. It had the stereotypical large hump on its upper back. It ran really, really fast to the center of the field and then turned directly towards us. I've never seen anything able to cut a different direction as fast as that thing did, especially considering how fast it was traveling. At first, we thought it had stopped running, but then after a second, we were able to tell it was now coming straight at us. We were all asking, commenting with each other, trying to reason what it was, dog, cougar, bear, As it continued its charge, we raised guns at it. I had a shotgun and two of the other guys had pistols. When we raised our guns, it began to zigzag. I remember thinking that it knew what guns were. I remember saying, or one of us said, that thing knows we are pointing guns at it. I think that's when we got creeped out enough to run for the cars. My buddy, the Facebook guy, I don't know what that means, said he didn't. (laughs) said he didn't shoot because he couldn't identify the target. I personally, and I'm not ashamed to say, think it is because we all got scared because we knew it wasn't any known animal. It was moving so fast that I thought if I miss or if my shot doesn't stop it, I won't get a second shot. Shotguns are only good within certain distances, and I didn't want it getting that close to me. As we were running away, my friend at the time fell into a groundhog hole, so I had to run back and help him so we could get into our cars. This is very dramatic. (laughs) very detailed too really well written like his his description of that animal running i could picture perfectly oh yeah yeah given how fast it was running i don't think it was really trying to catch us or it would have when we got to the cars and took off i recall looking out the side window and this thing was chasing the cars once we got over the little bridge on anthony on demanding road we were able to get up more speed 
I don't think it ever came out of the field or crossed the bridge, however. It's as if it just wanted to chase us off. It never stood up on two legs and I didn't notice any eye shine. I think it may have been too far away when it started its charge to see the eyes. I can tell you that it was bigger than any dog and much faster. It was able to zigzag really fast like a rabbit. It was very jerky in, in, in its side to side movement, almost twitchy, I'd say. I got the feeling that it was so quick and agile that I might not be able to, to get a beat on it and get a good hit with the shotgun. As we were pulling away in the car, it's probably when I got the best look at it. It had odd body mechanics as it ran, and it reminded me of a cheetah, and I could tell the forelimbs were longer than the hind limbs. I couldn't see a tail or the shape of the ears, however. And that's the end of the story from some person in uh, Germantown, Ohio. Very common theme that these things uh, like to chase cars. I wonder if people describe that to sort of give you a sense of how fast these things were. Maybe. Make their stories sound even better that it was so fast it chased us in the car. Right. Let's see. I couldn't, I don't know when year that was. Well, here's one in 2004. Short and sweet. One night I was out in the woods hunting around 1 a.m. and found this weirdly mangled deer carcass near a tree. About one hour and 50 minutes later, I was walking back to my truck when I saw it when I saw that it was shaking violently. So I readied my rifle. I then saw that it was a bear-like creature shaking my truck. It stood up on its hind legs and growled at me before running off into the woods. When I got a look at the creature, it had long arms and its claws were around three inches long. It had pointed ears like a German shepherd, muscly shoulders and legs, and a wolf-like snout with a short nub tail. That was in 2004. Apparently it does not like cars. Yeah, a lot of the um, descriptions I see of Dogman say that he's bipedal, which of course means that he stands on two friggin' legs. Unless he's running towards you and you're in the middle of the woods or middle of a field. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll put a link up to this Google map where you can find all these stories. Some of them are um, interesting. Some of them are really good. So Jess. What about your cryptid? So mine, as far as I can tell, are not as violent. So <laughs> mine seem a little, well, the first one anyway. So there was one that I had already heard about, and it is called the Many Huni. And they that live. sounds really cute. Uh, in Yes, they are apparently very small, usually between one or two feet, and they are very strong and they are master engineers. So they were the first inhabitants of the Hawaiian islands, but were oppressed by the first Tahitian settlers that came to Hawaii. This caused them to go into hiding and live in the forests of the islands. They continued their work, but they only build at night and are said to be able to build entire heiau, which are temples, or fish ponds in a single night. However, if someone discovers them, they will stop all their work and abandon the project. So they just, they're like, nope, we're done, we're out. Many Huni are supposedly very friendly and helpful, but if you try to spy on them or watch their work, they will punish you. One uh, famous work of the Many Huni is the Alikoko fish pond here on Kauai. And it was being built by the Menihuni for a princess, but she and her brother wanted to see the Menihuni. So they snuck out in the middle of the night and were watching them. 
the many who he discovered that they were being watched and turned them into pillars of stone. Yeah, you They're... can't watch mythical creatures like that. Bad things will no. happen. They do not like to be spied on. <laughs> I kind of feel them. I just want to be left alone to do my work. Don't don't watch me. <laughs> don't micromanage me. <laughs> and it's said that there's still two pillars up in the mountains above the fish pond where they were watching. And there are two gaps left in the walls of the fish pond because they stopped their work. Apparently, Chinese immigrants later filled in the gaps and started using the pond. But the gaps that they filled are said to leak because their engineering was far inferior to the Menihuni. Hmm. I have not been to the fish pond, but I think Ben and I are going to have to go take a trip there. And there's also on the south side of the island, there's supposed to be a irrigation ditch that they built that is also built by the Minihuni. So I think that we're going to have to go check that out. The Minihuni are giving me Oompa Loompa vibes. (laughs) (laughs) There's not really any like pictures that I have found like, you know, like statues and things like that. But the few that I could find when I was doing my research are Basically, that they're like kind of short and fat, <laughs> and they're always mm. like they're always male, um, just wearing kind of like the like classic Hawaiian like loincloth looking thing, and they're shirtless. So I don't know, kind of like I don't know, elves or something maybe. Yeah, that's um, what. The, yeah, that's what I'm. I guess, you know, they're giving me Oompa Loompa vibes, but I definitely was picturing little tiny elves. And for some reason, they're green. So maybe, maybe they <laughs> migrate it from Hellier, Kentucky. Yeah, the little green man. Mm-hmm. Although, um, I mean, if they were green, it would help them hide in the woods. They blend in. Oh, that's a good point. The, the Kentucky little green man didn't sound quite so cute. Maybe that's where uh, the seven dwarfs come from. Maybe they're really from Hawaii. Oh. That's a... Is it seven? Yeah. No, white the seven dwarfs. Yeah. Yeah, there are seven of them. Yeah. I mean, they're master builders, so they could... It does say that they build canoes and stuff like that, so they could build boats and leave. Yeah. When they were being oppressed. Maybe some of, some of them were just like, all right, well, we'll just leave. <laughs> talk about them like do you ever hear people talk about them so it was funny because I was actually asking my team like you know I kind of wanted to just like get what people's history and stuff like that are with the many who knew like if they were told stories about them when they were kids um and basically everybody was just like I mean if you don't mess with them they don't mess with you and that was like just the end of it like that's it hmm. and then Somebody on my team was like, it's actually the night marchers that you have to watch out for. The night marchers. Yes. This is one I hadn't heard of at all. So I was like, the what? And apparently the night marchers are more on the lines of the rusty elf cryptids. They are a little more dark. Um, So they are Hawaiian warriors who escort spirits to the afterlife Hmm. so when but they only escort like higher ups so like chiefs um 
kings, things like that. So they, you can hear them in the woods. You'll hear their drums and you'll see their torches in the woods when they are escorting somebody. Um, but you do not look at them. If you look at them, you will die a violent death. What? That's crazy. And how are you not so, supposed to look at that? Medusa, so if you, you see the torches or hear the drums, you just you just don't look. It's said that if they they will ignore any obstacle. So like if there's houses or whatever, they will pass through the houses and you just basically have to if you if they come near you and you can't move away from them, you're supposed to just like lay flat on the ground with your face down and show respect hmm. and not peek. Well, I'm glad and, I learned this lesson because I don't ever yeah. want to die a violent death because I looked at somebody. You would look at them because Well, apparently you know. if you Yeah, I mean I would have trouble not peeking. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess if you plant um tea leaves, tea plants around your house, it's supposed to keep them from passing through your house. Hmm. So I had been told that you want to have tea plants around your entire house to keep spirits out, but I didn't actually know it was specifically for the night marchers. And so we have tea plants. They were already around our entire house, but we were talking about moving one of them. And somebody was like, no, you can't move them. You have to leave them there. And I was just like, oh, okay. Huh. That's so fascinating. I just looked it up and it said they are the... Night marchers or spirit ranks are the deadly ghosts of ancient tribal Hawaiian warriors. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. Apparently there are a couple of books and at least one movie about them too. So I'm going to have to end up looking those up because so the, one of the girls on my team, she told me about how she was, she was the one that first mentioned the night marchers. I was like, Oh, you know like what about them and she told me about them and she said when she was in school a bunch of her friends had gone out and she went out with them and then she decided to go home and she was laying in bed and she started hearing the drums and they were getting louder and no. so she hid under her bed um and just waited for them to pass and was basically just like hiding under her bed blankets over her head so she couldn't see or look or anything and the next day mm -hmm. she was telling her friends about it and her friends were like oh yeah yeah sure whatever well then she was at practice and her friends were like okay sure whatever and then one of their coach came up and said we need to have a moment of silence because one of our trustees just died so see that is friggin creepy <laughs> so this says if you're already in the path of the night marcher's trail, legend dictates you must strip naked and lie face down. And oh. peeing on yourself will keep you alive. Well, that's good because I, I would probably pee myself. <laughs> I was just going to say the body's natural response to fear is to pee. So, yeah. I don't think wow. that would be a problem. I think I would be peeing myself. <laughs> I think it's kind of curious that they want you to take all your clothes off first, though. Right. This is getting a little awkward. I know. <laughs> I know. I can imagine creepos out there. Uh, take our clothes off and who's peeing where? What? Yeah. There's probably <laughs> creepos out walking around with a drum and a torch to see how many people they can get to strip down. 
and pee on themselves. Have you? That's if you have you, you ever get out heard of their path? That's, that's... Yeah. Jess, have you ever heard that you're not supposed to whistle at night? Because this says if you whistle at night, then you might summon the night marchers. Oh no, I did not hear that part of it. Whoa! Well, you've heard it now. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. Don't whistle at night. I can't night. whistle, so it's fine. I mean, I can, but not very well. <laughs> Is this just in Hawaii or anywhere? Everything I'm reading says Hawaii. All right. Yeah, they're like supposed to be Hawaiian warriors. So okay, I can. Still I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of legend that was similar from others because. Hawaii was settled by like Tahitian and Samoan and Polynesian mm-hmm. settlers. So the Menihuni apparently have very similar um, cryptids in like Tahitian legend and stuff like that. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Beware the night watchers, night marcher. I mean, night watcher, something different. <laughs> it's a different creepy. That's right. <laughs> fascinating it's so different like all of our stories i feel like we're really similar except jess's we're really different yeah dwarves and night marchers that's interesting yeah the many hoonies sound cute and friendly and helpful the night marchers not so much yeah not so much i need the many hoonie here to help me uh build some to rebuild my retaining wall on my driveway (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll just don't watch them work. That's right. Tell all your neighbors not to watch them work. Or they'll that's stop. right. That's right. My neighbors are nosy as hell. So that's not happening. You have a half done job. Well, I have one more uh, story for you guys. If you guys want to hear it, you have to move over to Patreon though. Cause it's about Mothman. Before, before you tell the Mothman story, I have found this whole conversation on Facebook about Goatfoot woman and Calfoot woman and it's all these people who grew up on St. Croix and how they they all know about Goatfoot and Calfoot woman and this woman says my mom would tell me that when the church would be quiet you could hear the goat woman walking in I will tell you that I was scared of the goat woman when I was a kid there on St. Croix always looking for the hooves lol dang and then somebody says, we didn't have Goatfoot Woman in St. Thomas. We had Cowfoot Woman. And I remember running from her behind Jane E. Two at high school, LOL. All we had to hear was someone yelling, Cowfoot Woman. And everyone started stamp, uh, stampeding. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's exactly what a local legend is all about. You know, uh, everybody knows it. That's so crazy. It says, it says, I remember that too. They had an old saying that she used to live in a shack by the Wapo water tank near the Juanita Gardine School and JFK projects where I grew up as a little girl. And I've heard numerous stories about her snatching up kids who were wandering around them parts, scared away half my childhood. Dang. The way to make sure your kids follow curfew. Yeah. And- <laughs> anyway, tell us about Mothman. Um, do you guys want to, uh, take a little quiz about cryptids? Yes. Okay. Yes. We'll do it. We'll do a few questions. It's 30 questions long. We are not going to do the whole quiz. Whew. I completed <laughs> it earlier and I thought it would save my answer so that we could just like flip through the ones that we wanted to see, but that didn't happen. All right. So 
This is a quiz that I found on howstuffworks.com and it's the cryptids quiz. All right. This elusive monster appears as a sort of kangaroo slash goat hybrid walking on two legs with hoofed feet, though it also has the ability to fly short distances with its bat-like wings. It's said to be the 13th child of a witch named Mother Leeds. Your choices are Blair Witch, Orkney Horror, <laughs> or the Jersey Devil. Jersey Devil? Jersey Devil. Jersey Devil it is. Mother Leeds supposedly gave birth to the Jersey Devil. That's another one that we didn't talk about. There are so many cryptids out there. Cryptids out there. In 1969, couples in a Texas town reported that a half goat, half man creature with fur and scales, half goat, half man, I feel like part goat, part man, part fish, with fur and scales attacked their cars when they were out parking, like kissy, kissy parking. I guess that's what that means. (laughs) Such an old timey thing to say. The beast later threw a tire and jumped on another car. The only known photograph shows a hulking biped with shaggy white fur. Okay, so your choices are Lake Worth Monster, Austin Demon, or Balmoria Beast. Lake Worth Monster. Yeah, it is a Lake Worth Monster. And they note here that uh, the Lake Worth monster is not the only goatish creature that terrorizes American teenagers. <laughs> not every goat-like creature has scales. Right. It's so creepy. But yeah, I mean, that's we knew that from both Sarah and Tracy's stories. It's just parents not wanting their kids to go out necking in the woods. Mm-hmm. All right, this cryptid is essentially a dinosaur similar in shape and size to a sauropod that has reportedly managed to avoid extinction in the jungles of the Congo River Basin. Dozens of expeditions across more than 100 years have failed to turn up evidence that it actually exists. Your choices are Mokili Membi, Bantu, and Megalodon. Bantu. Only because that's the only one that I couldn't remember how to say the first one. So <laughs> the first one Where sounds African, it? and it said the Amazon, Conga mm-hmm. oh. River Basin. It um, is Mokili Mbembe. The earliest modern sounds African. Well, I could be pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> The earliest modern Mokili Membi expedition was in 1909. The most recent was in 2012, but there are no photographs. Maybe the first person who saw it was an African, so it has an African name. Ah, maybe. True, you do get to name it, right? That's how it works, I think. Seems fair to me. Okay, here's one. Divers and fishermen in the Caribbean report attacks by this monster, which is said to resemble an enormous octopus. Is it Frida? Is it Lucia, L-U-S-C-A, maybe it's Lusca, or Octosaurus Rex? It has to be Octosaurus Rex. (laughs) I love that. What was the first one, the first name? Frida, F-R-I-E-D-A. I'm going with Frida. The answer is Luska. Luska. Yeah. 
a supposed Luska specimen washed ashore in the Bahamas in 2011. All right. This legendary sea beast reportedly attacks ships with its massive tentacles. Numerous dead specimens were collected in the 20th century, typically caught in fishing nets or washed ashore. Living adults were eventually photographed and filmed, ultimately removing this animal from the ranks of true cryptids. Your choices are Kraken, Humboldt Squid, or Emperor Jellyfish. Emperor Jellyfish. Probably uh, either, I don't think it's a jellyfish because they don't really have much muscle, right? They mostly, uh, it's got to be, I mean, I know the They mostly just flop, a, flop around jellyfish. I'm going to go with Kraken because that's what I hope it is. Yeah, the Kraken is actually the giant squid. Um, there's a scientific name for it, Archid. Toothis dukes, ducks do, D-U-X. Mm. All right. So, oh, all right. Here, this will be our last one because everybody knows who Nessie is, right? The Loch Ness mm-hmm. monster. Mm-hmm. All right. This is Nessie's only real competition for most famous cryptid. Originally a resident of the vast forests of the Pacific Northwest. Variations of this bipedal evolutionary mystery pop up all over the place. But you guys can guess it. With... <laughs> Harry from Harry and the Hendersons? <laughs> Watch. It is Bigfoot. That's right. Well, this was a fun episode, you guys. It was fun. I'm not taking any train rides with y'all, though. Whatever. I think that's silly to, to count that out. I think it's silly to uh, dismiss that from your life so quickly. We do take a train ride together. What are we going to do on the train? Eat cheese. Eat. <laughs> that's right. We're going to eat cheese and we're going to drink wine from the bottle. I hope anyway. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Sirens, for spending your evening with us and for teaching us all about all the cool cryptids in your area. That's amazing. And thank you, fellow explorers, for spending your time with us. You can check us out at sirensoapbox.com in between our biweekly episodes that are being released now. Um, On our website, you'll find everything you need to know about Siren Soapbox, including ways to support us like a link to our Patreon. You can subscribe for as little as like $2 a month, I think. And you get to hear the whole story about uh, Mothman if you do. <laughs> that's our, that's the way I'm luring you in. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to support us though, of course, is to share this episode with people you love and to help us reach more explorers just like you. And until next time, dive in, stay curious and be happy. <laughs> you're luring them in like a moth to the flame i'm luring them in like a siren with my siren song <laughs> about a moth oh, about a moth to the flame <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of siren soapbox and a special thank you to c-strings for providing our music snag their latest cp from itunes today Follow the sirens on all the social medias and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.